Welcome to CareerPod, brought to you by Transition Solutions and the CareerPod team. This episode should provide you with valuable career information and insights. Today we are speaking with Antonella Trulia, the owner-stylist of Della by Antonella. Good afternoon, Antonella, and welcome to CareerPod. Good afternoon. Thank you so much. We appreciate your participation. So let's get started. Could you tell us a little bit about your earlier life and educational preparation for your field as a stylist and an owner? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I started out as just a stylist. It's something that I always wanted to do. A lot of people say that and, you know, you change your mind as you get older, but I've always been very passionate about just making feel people feel better about the way they look. I feel like if you look good, you kind of feel good and you, you know, you motivate yourself to do better things in life. And it just makes me happy to do that. And, um, I went right out of high school to beauty school, went right into a salon, and then from there you build the clientele and, you know, it takes a while. It took me 14 years, and then um, I went into my own little salon suite, and now I'm a self-business owner. That's fabulous. Now, could you explain the basic tasks and responsibilities of both of your positions? One is actually as the stylist, and the other one is as the business end of it also. So as a stylist, you know, you do hair, you style, you color, I wax, you know, facial waxing. Um, I can do extensions, relaxers, keratin treatments, just anything that the client would like to do. I specialize in everything. I love doing color um, and blowouts, two of my Mm -hmm. favorites to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as a business owner, so that was a whole um, different career I had to kind of learn because there's a lot of, like, accounting, so I had to get, you know, QuickBooks to do all my accounting for, even though it's a small business, you still have to, you know, track everything you do, figure out how to do your taxes, and get an account to help you with that. Also, you're just working um, all the time. It, when you have a business, that's the part. It's, like, it's beautiful because you can make your own business hours, but, um, you know, when a client calls you, you don't want to lose that client, so you got to answer it, book that appointment. So that's kind of the business aspect of it. Where it gets a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. But yes, I bet there's some um, some challenges also in terms of keeping up with the different appointments and appointment books and things like that. Right, because now I'm doing it all. You know, when you're in a, when you own like a full size salon, you have employees for you. You know, everybody kind of helps out, but I have to do it all. So yes, I've definitely made mistakes with appointments and done all that absolutely made all the mistakes possible (laughs) okay well you do all those great things for folks in terms of their hair and everything do you do it all in the salon or do you do it sometimes outside of the salon um sometimes outside of the salon because i have some clients that they're older um and they can't get to me so i will go to them also if i do like um a bridal party or like maybe some prom girls they like to do them in groups of friends in their houses, so I'll travel to their house and do it as well. Oh, great. Now, what is the most satisfying and frustrating thing about your job? I absolutely love just seeing all my clients and just catching up with them because now, at, to me, my clientele is like family, so I get to talk and, you know, we give each other advice. And, and I get to do their hair, and it makes them feel good. That's very satisfying when someone leaves my chair saying, oh, my God, I feel so beautiful. Um, just self-confidence is a lot for people. And the frustrating part, to be honest, is probably more of the business aspect for me. Um, mm-hmm. 
I love doing it. It's just a lot when you, you know, you have a planned day off and you, you, I just don't know how to shut it off. I don't know how to personally like separate my life from my business life. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I ha I struggle with and I have to work on. Yes, I, I, I think that happens to a lot of folks. Now, mm-hmm. what advice would you share with others who are considering a career in this field? I would say that you just have to love it. You know, I know a lot of people don't know. It's a lot of work. Like, people will just assume that you're just playing with hair. And it's not that. You're you're dealing with someone's looks, and that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure. But if you mm-hmm. like doing it, I feel like if you're passionate about it, then, you know, you just have to have the confidence. And sometimes, I, like, I didn't always know what I was doing, and I just pretended. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> you, have to, you, have, you do, and it comes out good. That You have to, like... You really have to have the self-confidence in yourself that you can do it. Mm-hmm. Now, also part of the business is also, I'm pretty sure, purchasing supplies. Does that come mm-hmm. in, involved in the whole thing? You're right. Too? Yeah, so I have to, that's another part of it. So ordering things, making sure you don't run out of color or anything. You can't run out of combs or anything. Being prepared for the, you know, the State Board, Board of Health to come by and check. You have to make sure you have everything. So, oh yes, that's also difficult, like just staying on top of like making sure I have specific colors for specific clients and supplies for them, you know, because if I don't have it and they come in, I can't do their hair. So, yes, that is a big part of it as well. That, that is. Going through the um, beauty school, did, did that help you in terms of being able to do the different textures of hair and hair of um, all ethnicities? So I was fortunate. Uh, the beauty school I went to was in Boston, right on Copley. And in that area, there is all different types of hairstyles and culture. I know that some beauty schools don't have that, so they don't learn all that. I was very fortunate. We were all different races in that school and backgrounds. So I got to learn a lot of how to do all types of hair. You know, I don't have mm-hmm. to just stick to one kind. So I was mm-hmm. fortunate in that aspect because in some schools, if you don't pick the right zone, it's just not there, and they don't teach it to you, which is unfortunate. Right. And now I'm I'm going to ask this question, but I think I know the answer. The assumption mm-hmm. is that you just do women's hair. Right. Right. And I don't. I do. I also do male. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, women are my. I would say ninety percent of my clientele. Um, I do have a ten percent that's men. And kids, I guess, you know, like I have not a lot of children, but I do have a few and um, men. And the men are very, um, the men I have are very high maintenance, I gotta say. They come in every two or three weeks for their haircuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's it's good, yeah. And That's the easier good. ones. Yes. <laughs> I can imagine, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tell us a little bit about what's the general range of compensation. How does that work when you're working at a salon and then when you're working on your own? How do you figure that out? That's a great question. So, you know what's funny? With the hair business, with cosmetology in general, you can make as little or as much as you want. And it's, you know, you can start off making, you know, $30,000 a year, and then you can make all the way up to like 150000 a year, depending on where you want to take your career. Mm-hmm. So, you know, basic, like the thirty, thirty-five thousand. if you wanted to stay at like a salon that's corporate, you know, and you just, they pay you hourly, you know, base pay, and then maybe you get your tips that are not reliable. So that's like just a base. But then 
you know, and if you want to make the deep end, like the hundred thousands and the hundred fifty, I would say, you know, try to travel and become like a celebrity stylist, which is very possible. I know a few. Um, you know, if you want to do runway shows, if that's what you want to do, that's great, and you make the great money. And then there's me in the middle, <laughs> and um, you know, the median range and. You know, the first few years, you obviously don't make as much because you're building up your small business and you're trying to figure out how much you have to spend versus how much you bring in. But once you kind of figure it out, it you know, it balances out. You just kind of figure it out along the way. You have to make the mistakes first. But definitely the first couple of years, you really, it is accurate. You do not make any money. <laughs> you kind of even out with it, you know? <laughs> right. You have to ease into it, and yes. and it, it builds. It builds yes. as you go along. It does. Now, I'm pretty sure you have an interesting or funny story that you can share with us in terms of doing your job. Would you like I to do that? You. Yes, absolutely. I have a few, so I can give you a great one that happened recently. <laughs> okay. Um, I had a, a wonderful woman. Um, she's great. She's a new client, actually. But she came in and she said exact words, sat down in my chair and said, I want to look like J-Lo. And <laughs> so I looked at her and I said, yeah, me too. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I would love to look like J-Lo. But, um, and then she said, no, I, like, I love her hair. And <laughs> no, she has, you know, hair that's short above her shoulders, very, very fine and very thin. So, you know, just not enough here to do really a lot with, but something that I, I can help her, definitely. Definitely make her look a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and she looked beautiful. and But just not the J-Lo hair. And we just cracked up because in the end, I was, she was newer, so I didn't really want to, you know, be rude about it. But I was like, you know, she has extensions in her hair. She has all, like, you know, she has – it's not all her natural hair. She has professional stylists just touching her up every two minutes, you know, um, all the primping, all the fake colors in there. And she just kind of wanted to keep it simple, but look like J-Lo. So that was impossible. <laughs> but I did, we did figure something out. I, you know, brought it up and we made it nice and full and we did some color and some dimensions. So some layering and she looked amazing. Um, oh, not like great. J-Lo, but she looked amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the point is, is that it was a satisfied customer. <laughs> Absolutely. And we got some laughs out of it. Me and her both. It was great. <laughs> But yeah, that doesn't happen often. You know, some people are just unrealistic, like when they don't look at, yeah, they look at the celebrities, and it's just, you, we can't do that, you know? It's just hard sometimes. Right. They, they, I think they forget all the work it takes for that to happen, so. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, Antonella, thank you so much for sharing your experiences. You've provided us with an insightful look into the field of being a hairstylist and an owner of your own business. Anyone considering a career in this field would benefit from your excellent advice. Once again, thank you for your contribution to CareerPod, and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much.